Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating in listening to the Inter-Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. To the left, Pellegrini, inside, Pizarro Golasso, Pizarro Golasso. Here's the goal score, Morgan. So did you decide what costume you're wearing to the to the game on Saturday, the day before Halloween? I'm gearing up for Elvis Presley, actually. You're doing Elvis I'm, Presley? And, and guess what comes along with that? Oh, what? Shaving the beard. After two and a half years, I'm being pressured. Yeah. Not my, 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 by my decision, but forced against my will. Well... First and foremost, it's a baby beard, so don't really, you know, not too much there. It's not like when I cut off my Viking beard. Uh, but why is she forcing you to do this? What is what is her outfit? So her and Darcy are actually flying down, and they're going to be showgirls. So ex-nay. You're going, for like, you're going for like a Vegas Elvis Presley. Yeah, you got it. You got, his younger days, not his older days. Younger I know they, days. they do not take they do not take the holiday lightly. No, they don't. They go all out for this. They were on Barstool Sports a few years ago with their Nutcracker. They're Halloween. still holding on to that, huh? They still are. Dude. Still holding part on of their to glory that. days. Man. I you can't gotta give it to them. I I can't blame them. They they execute very very well. Uh, this is my favorite holiday. I just love this whole month. I love horror movies. I love the the, the spooky feeling, the creepiness. I try to get Quinn to be something like scary. He just wasn't feeling it. He's a cop, right? He's well. <laughs> I guess it depends on who you are. That that's narc. scary or not. <laughs> yeah, that damn narc. But um, yeah, I, I don't even know what I'm gonna be yet. I you was gonna Jay. You definitely. If there's one thing I know about you. you got a you got an idea of crafting in that mind. Of yours. Nah. So I, I mean, I was gonna be like just some like white trash person with the handlebar, but then I realized oh, that's what I was every day when I had the 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 horseshoe mustache. No, rather. no, no. You you should have stopped it. That's that's what you are every day. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm a Highland boy coming from <laughs> Kentucky. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, maybe I saw a cool like white claw outfit. I'm not really sure. I, I'm kind of, I'm a little tainted on Halloween ever since I did the Post Malone thing and took 48 hours to get the face tats off and I came in second place to a guy wearing slacks and a button down. Yeah, that was that costume was epic. That goes down in the history books. Jay was fully dressed from literally head to toe in Post Malone tattoos, which I think that was one of my best like Halloweens ever and I still lost, so I've been tainted ever since. But everyone, wear your costumes to the stadium on Sat. Actually, damn, that's a big ask because it is at 1.30 in the afternoon and people are going to be dying of heat strokes. Yeah, that's a little bit brutal. But if you were inclined to, go ahead and dress up. We got a holiday match and good to know that this game has a little bit more importance than the last episode we were talking on the mics about. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's not hard to, to, to be able to tell from our voices that like we're actually excited. Like It's been a good a uh, short span in the life of Inter Miami. It was a, a solid four day stretch 
We're going to get into all this good news. We're going to get into the the fact that we're still alive with a real slim chance. If you if you were smart enough to bet on Leicester City to win the EPL in 2015, like a 5,000 to 1 chance, then if you if you hit that, go ahead and throw some money on Inter Miami because we're about the same odds at this point. But welcome everyone to the Inter Miami podcast. I am Jay Kington alongside back in person, able to walk again, Mr. Alex Papa George. It has been too long. Uh, good to have you back, my man. It's it's just been a week, Jay. I I know I haven't seen you, you know, for a week's time span. Well, but you traveled for like two weeks. I don't know. I know. We're just getting these days mixed up. But yeah, Jay had touched on it. We actually had planned a little bit of a showcase with our pink smoke jerseys that came out last week. And Jay held it down with the... We were actually mistaken. They're not handlebars. Those weren't handlebars that he was rocking. They're actually a, what is a horseshoe? It's a horseshoe mustache. Okay, so that's our mistake. It's, it's Hulk Hogan's mustache. So why didn't you keep the horseshoe mustache? Because simple costume to me would be Tiger King. Yeah, so that was, that's, was something that was mentioned to me. Uh, I mean, like people were loving it for one reason or another. Chloe will tell you it's because they think I'm a joke, <laughs> which I'm not going to negate or argue, but, um, no, it, and people said like, well, Hey, you know, we've noticed that since you've been rocking this horseshoe mustache, we've been winning. So you, you got to keep it to the rest of the season till then to the season's over rather. So, so and I was like, yo, off. dude, that is a, <laughs> that is a really tall order you're asking from me because for about five days, I've been living under very threatening circumstances from Chloe. She she has been refusing to leave the house with me. She it's a struggle to even get a, a little uh, you know, good morning kiss or, or or come home from work kiss. So you know what? Yeah, I had to clean back up and, and, and go back to just the uh I haven't shaved in a long time either. And you've known this. So it feels weird. It feels good. I feel fast. It I, I'm I'm honestly nervous. I, I am honestly nervous about shaving because i don't even know what my face looks like underneath this hair i know i know just do it exfoliate do it a little early so you can like exfoliate in case there's like any sketchiness from having a beard all our beard knowers love that but uh let's jump right into it man let's jump right into it. best news i've heard all year is that Messi and Luis Suarez are coming to inter miami from the hottest british tabloids out there we'll see what happens man but uh no it's been a really good time we've had uh, it's been tough and trying times over here. In our last six games, we've had 16 goals against us and only won four. But look at us now. Two games, eight goals scored, one conceded. Feels great. Feels great to watch this team play to their potential. It also concerns me that we're all buying back in with very, very slim chances of seeing this season out and making the playoffs. It just, they just can't let us go. They're just holding us on a string, man. They are. They're just holding us on a string. But hey, shout out to all my Papa John's fans. It's been a solid, solid week for you guys. I'm glad you were able to finally eat again, Jay. So definitely happy about that. You know, we don't have to worry about you dropping too much weight i, I only eat papa john's i only eat when we win yes well uh i know that beer evens out your diet a little bit <laughs> <laughs> but as jay was talking about it feeling great is it is it is it fair to say it feels great Ooh, i see what you did there you see what i'm doing say it again 
Ooh. Ooh. I, I mean, I, that's, I was trying to like compound two words. So uh, I, I dug it. I dug you, it. Yeah, I you get it. it. You get it. I, I, I dug it, but you were right. The whole man. of Argentina is going to be mad at me for mispronouncing that. I mean, after a six game losing skid, which is, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that was the longest losing skid we've had in club history, which has only been two years. Well, no, it tied the previous one. Of oh, great. So games. it wasn't a new record. It was just a tie in a previous record. So we yeah. got that out of the way. But then as Jay's talking about, right, this, they couldn't just let the fans, you know, drift into the, 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 the darkness, the silence. They had to keep us around and the playoff chance jumped from a 0.00001% to about a 0.01% chance of Inter-Miami making the playoffs. Yeah, it was it was so far below 0.1% that it just had 0%. Like they somehow rounded up to 0%. <laughs> and, and now it's legit at 0.1%. Oddly enough, we went on the, what, 11-game unbeaten streak after the six-game losing streak. Earlier this season, and it looks like Phil Neville takes notes after every game, basically like lineup strategy stuff of that nature. And so after, a, I don't know why it took another six-game losing streak to, to revisit these notes, but he noticed that coming out of that six-game losing streak, what he did was he started uh, Federico Iguain. And so he went with the same method, and guess what? It's working. It sucks it took another six-game losing streak. But hey, we're on a two-game winning streak right now. We got to take, you know, take it for what we can. It's not going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. We've got Atlanta, NYCFC, and of course we finish out with the Revs, who are about to cement the like best season ever in MLS history. So definitely an uphill battle to climb. It's a 0.1% chance. Uh, we're going to have Than on in a little bit. I think he knows the actual stats. It was some like if we win all of our, if we win the remaining three games. That puts us at like a 42% chance to make the playoffs. So it's it's very much out of our hands. Well, I mean, it's in our hands because we need to win, but we need a lot of stuff to happen involving other teams, just like last season. But the past two weeks, the teams that we've needed to either, you know, lose or draw just to prevent them from getting a full three points, it's happening. Like things are coming together here. I'm not here to give you false hope because again, it's point one not 1%, 0.1% chance to make the playoffs. But the stars are slowly aligning. They are aligning. And I like the way that you put your hands out there and shifted. <laughs> it's an audio format. And you know, it's an audio it. platform. <laughs> but I'm doing hand gestures. No, no, Jay. Jay, you're right. And this is crunch time, people, and, and it really just kind of like has got to chap your ass a little bit and just say, you know, what the hell were we doing for these last six games? You know, if we actually weren't playing terrible over that stretch of about a month to five weeks, we could potentially have been in some really good position right now to mm -hmm. make a playoff push. And, you know, we did beat Cincinnati and we did beat Toronto. And, you know, looking back. Worst on, teams in the league. Well, that's what I'm going to talk about <laughs> right here, Jay. And looking back on our schedule before the, the pod and doing some of that level two research that everybody loves so much. They have not really beat playoff teams. And they do thrive against these lower tier clubs. You know, looking back on it, really the match that. I saw that was the most impressive was the one back in August where we beat Nashville. Nashville is a powerhouse club. Uh, we've seen them a few times. They are currently third in the Eastern Conference right now. And that's really kind of our trademark win. If you kind of keep going back 
through the season, you know, there aren't those games that really stand out in your mind as masterful, you know, outcomes, right? You know, we had a we had a tie here and there against some good competition, and then we, you know, get blown out by New England, Montreal, DC United. I think we lost like three games over about six against DC United. So, you know, are, we are as good as the record has us at, you know, we are as good as our record is, right? And these last three games with Atlanta, with, you know, NYCFC, and the New England Revolution. These are three playoff comp con contender clubs, and it's going to be interesting to see how we show up. Yeah, they are all playoff contenders. You are uh, certainly right. And this, it's times like these where you, you look at a record like ours where we've only had, what, five draws? And then you look, you know, we've got 11 wins. You look above us, uh, like Atlanta, who has 11 wins, or even Nashville, who has 11 wins. But then you look at Nashville's draws, 16 like in Atlanta's draws, 10. So we only have five. And I hate to be this guy because we've definitely, you know, kind of bashed these people in the past, the ones that complain about the refs. But Phil Neville eventually got fined for talking enough smack about the refs and the lack of calls and kind of hating inner Miami. And there he does have some points there. The MLS has admitted that they made some wrong calls out there. If those calls go slightly different, we're probably in a much better position. Uh, than where we are now. We do have two teams above us to get to that playoff line with Atlanta sitting in there. And we're talking really, you know, it's still it's still compact, right? We have 38 points. Atlanta is 43. New York City FC in the five spot is 44. Orlando in the four spot is 47. And then Nashville is 49. So like, it's really not that big of a gap. If we can beat Atlanta here, get some points, hold them without i mean it's going to take a lot of, of stuff happening but you gotta there's that kind of thought in the back of your head like what if the refs called those correctly or what if we focused and maybe didn't uh you know we maybe we could have killed off a game more efficiently or got back on defense after you know whatever it may be there's there's a lot of wondering that you can do there is but you know, I'm going to go back to my point. You know, we we are as good as our record has us as. You know, that's how well we've played this year. Because I'm looking at the standings right now. I'm looking at the two teams underneath us are Columbus and Chicago. And yes, you know, Columbus kicked our ass a few weeks ago, 4-0 uh, with the final result. But do I think that we're better than Columbus, Chicago, Toronto, and Cincinnati? Yes, I do think that we're better than them. Now, if we look at the table and look ahead of us, what those clubs are, we're looking at the DC United the Montreal's, the Atlanta's, and the Red Bulls, right? And I don't think that it's a surprise to anyone when I say this. Those clubs have outplayed us and outclassed us the entire year. So when I come back to this record, you know, we can talk about, you know, missed calls with the refs, you know, all day, every day. We, you know, we can probably put together one hell of a video clip, but we are what our record has us at, and that's what I'm going to go with. I agree with you. I think right now this is probably the most honest and true Eastern standings we've seen all season. Definitely. And, you know, it just shows you looking at the table right now how important this game against Atlanta is. And it's in their house. It's going to be a packed stadium. The place is going to be jumping. They're in the seventh seed right now. Keep that in mind. But if we were to somehow manage to squeeze out a win, we would jump up to the eighth slot right now. And that is huge. That ninth. Ninth slot right now. Sorry yeah. about that. But the important part is that Atlanta doesn't gain any traction mm -hmm. against us, mm -hmm. right? So this has a potential of being actually a six-point swing. And the reality is, people, if we do not win this game, our playoff hopes are over. 
Yeah, they're, we're going to be eliminated. You're correct. The teams that we have to watch are D.C., Montreal, Atlanta, and New York. I mean, those are the all the teams, and even Columbus, right? I mean, those are all the teams between 38 to 43 points. Uh, Columbus, it's tough to say for better than them because we did beat them, but then they did just come back and, and absolutely shellac us. Uh, and that's the returning MLS champion of last year, too. So correct. You know yeah, that yeah. they're going to have some pedigree on that club. Yeah, and they're going to be hungry. Um, but, you know, I mean, and look at, like, Philadelphia is, like, kind of really focused on, on their season and got everything where it needs to be by the end, being in number two. But, look, there's a chance anything could happen. If we play the way we've been playing, I don't know why it takes six-game losing streaks for us to start playing for each other, start being creative, start fighting for the man to the left and right of you. But, hey, here we are. It's going to make for a hell of a, an interesting finish. See, and that's my problem, right? Like, if we were to somehow pull off, instead of all those L's, if we were to rack up, say, like, two more ties, right, and we were to manage two points instead of zero points during those two matches, we yeah. would, in fact, be one game, or, well, sorry, one point behind D.C. and much, much more of an attacking position than where we are right now. Exactly. No, you're, you are, you're absolutely correct in that. And that's, you know, try not to think about the past, but there's many games where – we could have had different results, you know, hindering off like really one one call by the refs or one bad decision uh, from Inter Miami players. But hey, look again, we can keep this form right here. We'll be good to go. I will take this all day. The creativity, uh, cr the the chance creation, the finishing, and then of course seeing our boy Lewis Morgan back where he belongs on the wing has been. Oh, you want the three peat? That's the that's the purple. Morgan, baby. That was probably way too loud. I need to draw that down. Sorry if you just crashed your car on the road. We apologize. But yeah, um, we, if we can keep this form up, we'll, we'll have a, a chance. The part that kind of sucks is decision day would come down to playing the revs. Yeah, and to go about this form a little bit deeper, Jay, that's that's kind of the overall point of the conversation here, I think, is just playing down and up to competition, and we really have to pay up to our competition this next week because, you know, listen, we got three tough, tough opponents, and realistically, you know, we go into Atlanta, we capture a W, and we come down, and, you know, maybe we say we lose to NYCFC. The Revs are so far ahead of everyone in the supporter shield that chances are they're going to be resting their players by then. And we might be able to squeak one out. So I've I've had this thought and I've had a, this conversation a, a couple times and maybe they do, but they're also chasing history with the most historic season in the MLS. So it reminds me like 2010 when um, uh, Peyton Manning sat out game 17 when they could have been undefeated for all 17 games and they end up losing that last game, but they didn't care. They wanted to preserve them for the playoffs that's going to be the interesting thing. Do they do they sit like Bo or, or, or someone like that? Or do are they Carl's just like Gill, yeah. you know, folks like that that have been taking the league of storm? Yeah, or do they Lusa. just do they just like, no, we want to just completely own the season? That's gonna be the thing to watch. But I will tell you what. And we come in 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 this game we won against Cincinnati could have easily been seven one. I think Lewis completely got robbed of a goal, uh, which we'll get into. And then Gonzalo also uh had a great chance to, to get a goal, but just slightly got, got beat by a defender to where it went a little wide. But this could have been an, an absolute massacre. This was a historic win for us. We've never scored four goals in a game. And here we come out five. Mind you, it was five. One, one was taken away. Then Carranza comes on and scores within a minute of being on the pitch, which was great. From a, a statistic standpoint, 
it seemed like it felt like we were in control. We were more confident, um, and guys were running all over, getting open and, and, and alleviating pressure. The high press seemed to work well. We weren't getting flustered. We would take our time, even play back to Marsman a few times when needed. But you know, possession wise, we're literally very even. I mean, you want to break it down to the finite, like the decimals. It was fifty point six percent in Miami and forty nine point four percent to Cincinnati. Each team had fifteen shots. We only had six on goal. They had eight on goal. So technically more than us. But again, it seemed like it felt like we were much more confident in this game. And we ultimately got the results. Uh, yellow cards, one apiece, and then one red to Cincinnati. And that was uh, Mr. Cruz who got that one. But again, man, really, really important. This was a fun game to be at. It was obviously a must win situation. We scored that opener and, and everyone went crazy. And then shortly after they equalized and we're like, damn, this is going to be a battle. Then halftime happened. We reloaded on, you know, beers, got a little food in our stomach. And then damn, we came back for the greatest half I've seen this club put together with a four goal should have been honestly a six goal half, but so much fun being at this game. This was a, a great, great time. And uh, goals galore, man. Yes. C can you? What more can you ask for? It saddened me as my foot was swollen to the size of a balloon as I was laying on the couch dealing with my my gout that I could mm. not be at this game with you there because it definitely. I mean, five goals in a game, everyone. Like, if you can't get hyped over that, why are you an Inner Miami fan? And beyond the five goals. Each goal was scored by a different player. We had Federico, we had Gonzalo, we had Indiana, we had Lewis, and then of course we had Julian Carranza, who hasn't seen the back of the net in. This was his first of the season. Is it first of his season? This is first, first of his first of the season. What about in his career? How many did he have last year? Two. Two. Got it. Well, it's good to have him on the scores board, just like Lewis Morgan. <laughs> We've been waiting for that goal for so long. And like, just imagine if he was forced into a starting role. Like, you know, a lot of people complain about him, but he really gets zero minutes, so it's really hard to do. But uh, really highlighted me second time this season. He was actually our first player signing, too, if I'm not mistaken. The, him and Pelagrini. Pelagrini. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But, you know, I think that he has potential. He came in and scored in a minute. But my favorite part was, again, here we go, Federico to Gonzalo mm -hmm. off a, a little beautiful, beautiful header. And outside of, of that, especially the the, the Vasilev goal, the, the the first Morgan goal, the second Morgan goal, which which should not have been disallowed. Mm -hmm. They called him for basically an elbow to the face of the Cincinnati player. And the Cincinnati player reacted like he didn't get hit in the face. It was very minimal contact. It should have counted. And, and then, of course, Carranza's goal. But all of these goals, these weren't, you know, crosses that we, you know, got a foot to and, and made it really hard for the, the keeper to make a save. These all were were slowed down, measured, accurate rips to get past the keeper. These are the goals you want where they have that for the first time we're seeing the confidence where they're going to slow down, not get flustered and just put their laces through the ball and beat the keeper all over. I started to feel bad for the keeper because mm -hmm. it seemed like every shot was going in. They denied that Morgan goal. Everyone was upset less than a minute later. Carranza comes on, gets the fifth goal. What do the fans do? They start chanting, we want six. And I love it. <laughs> Looking at these stats too, I mean, five goals on six shots on target. You know, you can't ask for much better than that without the sixth goal, right? 
And, you know, to even go back, Jay, one game to the Toronto side, we would be doing everyone a disservice if we didn't touch on our first goal of the season coming off a corner kick from our boy, Aime Mbika. Yeah, I mean... Oh, I'm sorry. That was... <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> yeah. I was like... <laughs> no, Christian that was that, I, that was last game. I have, that was the Toronto game. I have I made my mind because as I was driving over here, I was actually like, "Damn, like it's time to get him on the podcast." We told him that we would have him on the pod when he showed up on the pitch, so it's time to get that done. That's why I have Mbika in my uh, my mind here. Soon enough, teaser for everyone out there. It's coming. We have hyped it up quite a bit, uh, but yes, no. I mean, it, it, it's great to see that that was in the Toronto game. I know we're so happy because we again, you know. Eight goals in two games. It's beautiful. Uh, but real quick, since we're since you brought us to the Toronto game, goals by Federico, goals by Christian McCoon, which I really loved. Um, and then it, technically an own goal on Zavaleta, even though, you know, it could have been a Lewis goal, but it came off him. So that's fine. We'll do it. But we are uh, we're in good form right now. Uh, possession. We seem comfortable on the ball. Finally, it's interesting because. You, know, you get Lewis back up to where we need him to be, and we're, we're going back to the four-two-three-one, which I am not mad about at all because you can't play in that that three-four-three. Three. Uh, I know we break it down in so many ways, but you know you do that so much, everyone kind of keys on. So I, I do like this. Uh, I do like having Federico uh, get more minutes. I, I like the rotations. I, I everything feels right. Why couldn't we do this from the the beginning of the season? There's no doubt our team looks better with Federico out there. We've we've seen it since really the first game when we were racking mm -hmm. up those W's in the beginning of the season. We kind of went away with it. it the, the big question mark is he's played a lot of minutes recently, and can he keep it up? That's really the big question mark. We've played, in the course of 14 days, we will have played five games. That yeah. is a shit ton of football, everybody. So, you know, for some of these players who are a little bit older, you know, their recovery times are, you know, much, much more longer than some of these younger players so we'll see because our club is without a doubt a better unit with him on the pitch well we know we can get a, a solid 45 minutes out of him probably push it up to 60 maybe 70 but again you know that that, that age it, it does come into play but i do want to shout out rodolfo pizarro he has been playing uh spectacular the past two games great turns shiftiness quickness with his feet which we've known some nutmegs he was back in the creator role and and had a hand in several of the goals that were scored so it seems like everything you know, with three games left in the season, is starting to, to come together and click all while the it looms overhead that potentially this could be the last three games that we're going to see Iguain and that we're going to see Matuidi and even maybe Pizarro. You see all these rumors swirling around. Again, a lot come, same with the Messi and the Suarez thing. If it's coming from, from Britain, if it's the mirror or the sun, take it with a grain of salt. They're literally like the National Enquirer over here. But I guess better late than never. I mean, that's a good point. This might very well be the last stretch that we see the, the this unit together. And we'll see what happens in the offseason. You know our position in Chris we trust. But, Jay, I got to ask, in these last two games against Cincinnati and Toronto, do you think these... Do you think these results are, say, a, a speaking better to the class that Inter-Miami is playing? Or is it just kind of really a demonstration of how poor Cincinnati and Toronto are? I think it's a mix of both, honestly. You know, these these Cincinnati and Toronto, very rough seasons. But I think it just it sucks that it takes six games for us to really look in the mirror and say, like, you know, what what who do you want to be as a player? Do you want to fight for the man on your left and right? I know I keep saying that, but like the energy, the the effort 
has been much better. The the pressing, the the not getting flustered on the ball, and but most importantly, the the teammates are running to get open to alleviate that pressure. We're, we're getting more comfortable just with possession and short passes. The, you're starting to see the through balls really work. There were some gorgeous passes to open up many of the of the goals here, and it's it's like they're they're finally calm and confident on the ball. Will this all break on Wednesday and through the rest of the season? I couldn't tell you one way or another because we've seen this team go kind of up and down, up and down. Definitely a definitely a bipolar club, if we can call it like that. And I think that's what we're talking about. We're like, you know, <laughs> you could have just let us, you know, die and pass away in the darkness. Yeah. But but no, you gotta grasp us and don't let us down. You know, you got us right now and you got a shot. You know, we can't we can't squander this opportunity. And does this change anyone's opinion on Phil Neville? Well, I'm I'm glad you asked that, Jay, because I had a question for you. You asked me last podcast my my thoughts on really kind of the coaching situation. And you know, sir, I'm gonna ask you this. This, I'm going to ask you back this week, what are your thoughts on the coaching situation? Is Phil Neville just a one-and-done type of guy and we need to get him out of here? Is he a two-year type of guy? Is that is that even possibly contingent on him making the playoffs this year? What are your thoughts on his future? Well, I think for a lot of fans, it's going to be contingent on can you make the playoffs, and we already know those chances are... <laughs> really uh, slim to none at this point, but we're going to stay positive. I do like the changes he's made. I wish he would make them earlier. Like as far as like, don't wait for a six game losing streak, go back to your notes, find what worked. I, I like that. We're getting Morgan back on the wings. We're asking more Pizarro. He's stepping up. And then of course we have Federico. We don't have a number 10. We really don't. We've tried to, to make Pizarro that for some reason, now we're playing Federico more than we have previous to the season. I think that at this point, I'm okay with giving Phil another year, letting him have some say with Chris Henderson on the players he wants to bring in. Uh, there is big, big news on uh, Mata coming over from Brazil, from uh, Santos, and he is coming next season. So I believe it was like a 500K transfer fee. It sounds like they're able to work this out on just a regular signing, not requiring any DP, maybe a little GAM money potentially some TAM money. We'll see how it works out. But I'm, it's weird, right? Because it's like bipolar. You know, one week we're, no, not one week, but it's like three weeks we're mad, one and a half weeks we're happy. And then it kind of just flips back and forth. I'm good with another season from Phil. I want to see, we can't just keep firing coach after coach. I honestly was okay with another season from Diego Alonso. So give him some time to get settled in and make the changes. And let's see what happens. Yes, you can't. You, there has to be a long term vision, and getting rid of your head coach each and every year because you had a losing season should not be the way that we go about this. What, what really, <laughs> Do we want to be the Browns? <laughs> well, you know, what I'm really looking for, really looking at these last three games is how Phil coaches this squad, you know, the squad that we have today up, and how do they perform against three playoff contending clubs? These are good teams, no matter even if the Rebs, you know, say sit their starters, that's still a pretty potent team that they're going to roll out onto the pitch to playoff. So it's not going to be one of those easy games. So I'm really looking to see that same type of life and that same type of energy and, and, and you know, kind of that, that cohesion that we've been talking about and see how that rolls into our final three games when we're playing top tier competition. Uh, thank you. You, you hit the head, I hit the nail on the head rather. 
look, we, I always say anything can happen, right? It's, it's literally the MLS. Anything can happen. I mean, the revs drew against Orlando. Uh, everything that, that we've needed to happen, like Atlanta United and, and NYCFC drew. Uh, there's a solid chance we beat Atlanta. There is a, a decent chance that we can beat NYCFC, and then we'll see what happens. If this team keeps playing the way they, they, they have, then I'll be very impressed. But this is going to be a very telling sign, I think, to your point is how do we finish out this season? Even if we, the odds are obviously against us, but even if we lose to Atlanta and we can still come out and fight, even though we're knocked out of the playoffs, like I want to see that fight. I want to see that drive. And I think we're finally starting to get that. I don't know why it took so long to click. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get Atlanta and New York's best shot. There's there's no denying that. Atlanta cannot lose. They, they are in the midst of the playoff contention at, to its core level, right? And NYFCFC is battling like crazy to keep a top four slot. And, you know, again, the revs as we look at it. And, you know, Jay, as we kind of talked about the momentum that our teams build, especially on the offensive third, which is really surprising, but awesome to see, quite quite frankly, is that our boy Gonzalo Iguain actually was on week 32, team of the week presented by the MLS. So he's getting some love across the league just like it seems like in the inner miami community so hopefully he continues that because i think atlanta is going to be one of those grind them out type of games you know how i like playing you know guzman like that that's my guy to always yeah. go against i think we're probably looking at a 2-1 dub against that and then i think the the nycfc game is really going to be if we if we are to win that game i think we have to put in at least three goals because that team scores like freaking crazy I agree, but the, like you look to the last time that we played him, it was that that Martinez PK as LGP is trying to get his arm behind his back. We could have very well drew that game, and you know it's not going to be easy. Obviously, playing up there, gorgeous, gorgeous stadium, and they are rowdy. They are rowdy, rowdy fans. They love that organization. Max Ramos tells us all the time. But hey, if you can beat us, you know one zero off a penalty and. Correct me if I'm wrong. It, it, I don't think it was that brutal early in the season when we played him. I think that's when Lewis actually got his first goal. I want to say it was like the, the fourth week, but it's possible. It is possible. Certainly if we can close down and – oh, no, we, we drew him out. What am I talking about? We, we drew them out, so that, that's fine. Like anything can happen in the MLS. As long as we're in the right form and we're this creative, I think there's a chance we go in there and, and get like a 2-1 win. It, is Max – what jersey is Max going to be wearing in <laughs> this know. game? I don't want to call man. him out. Like, I don't we know, did. man. Is he is he fully moved over to the dark side? Well, he better be wearing the Inner Miami podcast one to the game. I'll be looking in the stands for him. I don't know. He, he should be should be delivered today or tomorrow. For, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I don't want to roast Max too hard. But he uh, he hasn't shied away from from talking about how cool that, that organization is. Um, not to throw too much smoke out of inner Miami, but like, this is a team that, I mean, they've got Joseph Martinez back to health. They've got Ezekiel Barco, who is good. They got Hinman. Um, this is a, a team who was really good, struggled, seems to be finding their way again. And we're playing it in a tough stadium, in a rowdy stadium, mm -hmm. but it's gut check time. It's gut check now or never here. It is. I don't know if it's because of the fact that they're at 1% chance and they're not technically eliminated, that they're fighting for their lives, but that fight is there. And if we can carry that over, there's a solid chance. There's a solid chance against NYCFC. That Revs game is going to be decision day against the Revs. If that situation comes to fruition, 
Oh man, I mean that's what it's all about, I guess. That this game in Atlanta is going to be the most ruckus atmosphere we have ever played a match in this club's history. It's going to be going bonkers in there and Let's get it. We're all excited for this game on Wednesday, man. This is what we all been waiting for because we're talking about playoffs. We're talking playoffs. Playoffs. I've got it. You want to do it? Let's do it. Screw it. And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. All right, well, let's keep it moving. Let's get Than on here to give us an update of Fort Lauderdale CF, and we'll wrap the show. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? Hey, bud. What's going on? How we doing? You know, just living the dream. Guys, this is the Inner Miami podcast, not just some late night phone call that you guys, too, want to get on with. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to bring oh. this pod back. Than, what's cracking, dude? How are you, sir? You know what? I feel like we haven't seen each other in a while, man. It's, it's good. Like, how are you doing? How are things? How How is your life? Life is great. It. Life is great. Inner Miami got two dubs here recently. I'm over my gout attack, which we were talking about this weekend. And my pockets are a little bit thicker after this week's gambling spree. So I got to say, sir, I am in high spirits. I got to be honest, when I heard about your gout attack, I thought of, uh, for, I might be dating myself here, but a little King of the Hill, a little Bobby going to the Italian sandwich shop too many times, getting that old gout attack. So, yeah, I'm glad to see you're doing well. Glad to see you recovered. Glad to see you back. Thank you, sir. It's good to be back. And It's not over yet. Well, it's never over. The thing is, is with my life. <laughs> and you're laughing. Kind of like Mike Myers. It's never over. He's always back. <laughs> He's always back. But, uh, but then... Thank you for joining us tonight. We are excited, and I don't know if we should be, based on what Jay is sharing with me about the club here this year, but bring us up to speed, man. How How is Fort Lauderdale CF playing this year? What is the end of our season look like? How are we doing in the retrospect of things? Well, I mean, the old adage is the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. So <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of hard to watch these guys. They have a little bit of a different problem, uh, you know, and, and mercifully, the season is over. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to reconnect and get things changed around for the upcoming season. Uh, we did have our final match of the season on the 22nd, uh, played up at BMO Practice Field. That's what they call it. They don't even give it a name. It's just Practice Field. <laughs> um, we eked out a two to one victory with Hundal Brace and then uh pretty much parked the bus to preserve any type of points for the end of that match. Um, you know, saw a lot of good things leading into next season, but it didn't save them. It did not save our season. What It, it wasn't what we, it should have been when it comes down to it. It, it. it felt right to me that we beat Toronto and then we beat Toronto too. We own Canada. Oh, <laughs> go home and tell Sherry that Alex. I mean, I, I know I own Canada. Oh, <laughs> give my man poutine one time and he comes back. Listen, oh. boys, you don't get up to my weight without actually eating poutine all the time. I, I love I, poutine. New York diet, baby. I will do a whole episode on poutine. What is your favorite add-on in poutine or is it just straight regular? Cheese. 
Well, we know that. It's uh, uh no, 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 no. You got to take some nice crispy chicken strips, buffalo sauce, cheese over the top. That's how we do it. That's how we do it in upstate New York. Oh, Jeez. my goodness. That sounds delicious. Just, just feel your arteries claw. I know. Yeah, I felt my heart like hurt a little bit there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but no, so uh, spinning back to it, though, um, you know, Fort Lauderdale, as I said before, they followed Inter Miami's path of beating us, abusing us. Uh, you know, we went on an abysmal streak for the past, I don't know, almost 30 days. Two wins, five losses, and three draws, boys. All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Apple doesn't fall far. Uh, you're you're spot on. Spot on with that. Nine points out of a possible 30 earned. Average goals for 1.3 per match. Average goals against 2.2 per match. And we failed to score in five of our last 10 games. Mm. Five of our so, last 10 day- games? Yeah, five out of the last 10. Uh, and some of them were absolute annihilations. Uh, FC Tucson beat us for nothing. Uh, looks like uh, now North Texas, which was a bottom feeder as well, they beat us one nothing. But it's one of those games where it – they should have been two, three, four, nothing. It really wasn't cohesive play. If you look the last 10 matches uh, in terms of host and guest form, we started off pretty high and it was just like watching a downward slope all the way through. Uh, lost win, draw, loss, draw, loss, loss, draw, loss, and a win, baby. A BMO practice field. So that's where we're at. All right. It- is there a player that stood out in your mind that from this club we can see on the Inter Miami senior roster next year? I honestly, as of right now, if you if you're asking me now for next season, I would say no. <laughs> Only because we the problem with Fort Lauderdale is they rotate too many players mm-hmm. and they don't get a consistent run of form with the rest of their teammates. You know, now if you were forcing me to pick one, Ethan Harden, he has solidified that back line, especially with Mabika going up. Uh, he actually completed the most passes on the team as a center back and held an 88.8% accuracy. And while he was passing within his own half, he had 93.3 absolutely phenomenal and that's been your man i mean you you've been pointing him out almost the entire season of, of someone you really think that has the potential but who have been the leaders in the respective areas for fort lauderdale so up top i would say it's been hundal i mean he finished as top scorer with 11 goals uh, mitchell curry it's not fair shake to him because while he did play hundal seemed to be the favorite go-to forward and then the engine in the middle, Georgia Costa. I mean, anybody, you know, Ray Charles could have picked out Georgia Costa. He was creating the most chances. He had 40. Uh, you know, he led the team with assists at seven. Uh, honestly, those two are great, but they need probably one more season to make that final leap. Okay. Now, I know we do have several of our goalkeepers that we do have high expectations on to potentially fill the shoes of Nick Marsman. Where are we standing with the keepers? Who do you think is the most likely to come up and be that replacement? So I, I got to preface this with I'm a little biased here. I've been calling for him for a long while now, okay? Zamudio, while he didn't get a fair shake and didn't play a lot of games compared to Drake Callender, Zamudio actually had a better save percentage in games played. Uh, Drake Callender ended up with 57 saves. 
but in nine games, Zamudio had 32 saves. And he ended up, I think it was a 65 or 66% when Calendar had a 64% save record. So is what it is. I, I would say Zamudio, but again, they need more time. So then looking, I guess let's look at next year, right? We talked a lot about this year. What are some stats? You know, how does a team look? Looking forward into 2022, you know, like Inter Miami, you know, we got to get back to basics, right? And, you know, uh, a constant shuffle of players caused really a lack of team chemistry, you know, things like that, that really kind of, you know, scarred the club throughout the entire league. You know, looking forward to next year, what what are some of those points that, you know, you may want us to keep an eye on? Is that is that, you know, new up and coming players? Is that, you know, someone who has shown sparks throughout the season that might get a little bit more PT? What are kind of those those things that we're looking forward into next year? In terms of Fort Lauderdale, you know, I would like to see the continued growth of Noah Allen. Noah is continually increasing his presence on the left side of the field. He really paired well with Ethan Harden. And at some points, especially early on in the season before Ethan got hurt, they were shutting down half of a field by themselves, forcing the other teams to abandon their game plan and go to the opposite side. Uh, I would honestly say after that, you know, we could see the rise of Mitchell Curry if Fundal gets called up. Uh, and, And I would probably say we'll see Ian Frey back at Fort Lauderdale with his uh, coming back from his ACL injury. So that'll be good for him. We'll be able to see a good run out. Frey comes back down, Mabika gets a call up full time. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, what, what do you guys think? I mean, I know you guys I have a limited watch, but that's the way it has to be, right? We're so thin. I mean, the fact that we're calling Mabika up due to the hardship Clause is, is crazy. We we need more depth to the bench. Now, you know, we're gonna get the the full Henderson effect in the offseason, but if we have to harvest talent out of here, I I agree. No Allen, I think, has uh, quite a bit of potential. Uh he's he's still young, he's still, you know, not as as big as he I think sh- can be, but with time and development, he should be there. If you're gonna bring up a striker, right? I mean, I, I guess we're you know, outside of like Ian Frey, if you had to choose between a Hundle or uh, a Mitch. Curry, or even like maybe a, a Vinton Evans, someone like that. Who, who do you think is the most ready for the MLS? Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to knock, you know, England experience. I'd go Mitch Curry. Yeah. Uh, there's times where he looks like he's shot out of a cannon. He's got great footwork. He's not afraid to shoot either side, uh, either foot, left or right. Um, Hundal just got more starts up top when it came down to it. That's why he led in goals. But Curry was always running around the box. He almost has like a Gregory mentality where he will get in your face if you get in his, which would be nice to see up top rather than throwing hands, walking away and stomping off like someone just had their toy taken away. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. What is the most interesting stat line you can give us for any player or the club as a whole? I mean, as I said, you had Ethan Harden's passing stats for a center back. That was that was absolutely outstanding. I mean, 93% in your own half. That means he's not making careless decisions. He's getting the ball up the field. He's giving the uh, attack an opportunity to do what it seems like Inter-Miami is trying to do. He at Fort Lauderdale was like what LGP was doing when they were lobbing him over the top and getting him into the mm-hmm. attack. We want more of that, and it seems like they're starting to – see more of the players down at Fort Lauderdale do that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well covered. My man, as always, we've got three games left on the senior side. Oh, you got one more thing. What's up? Yeah, I did want to say, I want to call out the team on one thing. Go ahead. As fans, we deserve to see Azcona and we deserve to see Felipe Valencia. 
both players have one has actually made it to the first team one has just disappeared felipe got that big contract and he just disappeared there's i checked stats for him he he hasn't shown up in hardly any games uh there's no news of what he's doing and then edison's just kind of bouncing back and forth between first mm-hmm. team and fort lauderdale and getting paid uh 66k a year to do so and not touch the field for the most part yeah that's weird isn't it right like the team made a big deal about that at the beginning of the season that we were signing these these two players three players uh and then you know they keep shuffling them back and forth and then of course in games where we need individuals they're they're on fort lauderdale and and, and not with us so uh very very frustrating indeed but you know hey still that's a development academy, man. So if they can get it around, hopefully they can help supplement to the uh, first team roster. Three games left in the season. Coming off a six-game win, win streak, just stat line. We've we've covered this a little bit ago, so we don't want to beat a dead horse. But uh, 16 goals against, one four. And then we have a two-game streak of eight goals and only conceding one. Obviously, I know you've liked what you've seen. We've discussed, but uh, outlook for the rest of the season. And I also do want to bring up the stat line that we were discussing earlier as far as if we beat Atlanta, if we beat NYCFC, and if we beat uh, the New England Revs, how that factors into the percentage chance of making the playoffs. Uh, so I'm going to say I'm... It's not in front of you. So, you know, best best recollection. No, no, I, I remember what we were talking about. What I'm saying is I'm not sure I feel confident in getting out of these three games and making that chance. I mean, as we talked about, you get those three W's, you're sitting at a 46.5% uh, playoff possibility. But if we lose or draw even one of those, that drops down to, I believe it was 5%. And I think the draw was 5%. The loss takes us right down to 0.1%. As of today, we're sitting at a 3.1% chance of making the playoffs. Oh, it's 3.1? Right. So, okay. Okay. Yes, that's it, it actually, it went up. It went up. I must have read um, something out of date because it said 0. 0.1. So, okay, 3.1. All yeah. right, you heard it here first. That's a 30 foot, what is that? How many, how many? 310%? 30, 3100% increase? I don't know. We're on the crypto talk, right? That, that, <laughs> hey, hey, it's not much, but it, it, it no. certainly is something. I, I just don't know if I like the turnaround between the Atlanta match and then what was it, a one thirty kickoff for Saturday? Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a pretty brutal turnaround. The guys are getting exhausted. It, I mean, they're fighting to the bitter end. I'll give them that. They've, they've come together for whatever Phil said against two of the worst teams in, in the country. I, I just don't know if we have that final push. Well, we are going to find out soon enough. Keep rotating the players. And hopefully they don't all drain and, and die in the 130 heat. The only thing we do have going for us is we are from this place, New York. It's much colder up there. Hopefully that can be an advantage. But Than, thank you as always for coming and joining. We uh, This is it. This is the final push right here, baby. It's now or never. Do or die. We'll see where it lands. But thank you so much for tuning in to the Inner Miami podcast. If you don't already, follow us on social media, man. On Facebook, Instagram, at InterMiami Podcast. On Twitter, ran by yours truly, Than Harrington, at InterMIA Podcast. Very active, crushing it over there. Of course, we have the website. Please check it out. Alex has pictures of himself. He wants everyone to see these pictures. If you're lucky, he might upload the horseshoe mustache to it. We will see. But as we end every, as we end every episode... Vamos Miami. And if you're really lucky, I'll put those Post Malone pictures on. Vamos Miami.
I love Post Malone. Vamos, Miami. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Have a good week. <laughs>